You're listening to the Great Since 68 Podcast, the dedicated Birmingham City women's audio show bringing you the latest news and interviews from the club. Enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 61B of the Great Since 68 Podcast. If you're wondering why it's B, it's uh, this is the alternative podcast, this is the audio-only version of this week's podcast. Uh, for those who tried to listen in on our live stream on YouTube, we had some technical difficulties with our recording software, uh, so it, the audio was pretty unusable after about half an hour into the podcast, so I'm just going to run down briefly everything we did in that podcast, just so you've got the information provided for just our audio-only listeners. So... Uh, early on the show if you want to listen back it is on youtube just look for great sin 68 episode 61 and you'll be able to hear the original version but as i say uh the audio between me chris and kaz was a bit unusable by the end so we're gonna do this show instead so what we touched on in this week's show we began by talking about the kits the new kits obviously if you haven't seen it the home kit is a blue royally royal blue with darker blue sleeves with a yellow trim I think it's quite a nice shirt overall. I think we all agreed it's quite a nice shirt, apart from the the logo. It's kind of same as last year. It's that big white smarty with the maple uh, logo on it. So if it, if it didn't have that smarty around it, I think it would be a really, really fascinating shirt. And it would be one of the nicer shirts this year. But I think it just detracts a bit, that logo, the way they've chose to use the logo for this year's kit. The second kit, the away kit this year, is a charcoal. It's like it's not black, but it's a charcoaly black colour. It's quite nice. Chris is getting that shirt, he said, and it's one of the nicer shirts again this year. Uh, it was uh, in, unveiled with uh, Rachel Williams, I believe. She was the one who had the kit on at the time. So overall, nice kits this year. I think my personal opinion is Arsenal's home kit is their be- is the best kit in the Women's Super League this season. It's really, it's re- it just looks really. Uh, fancy it really uh professional looking uh in the women's championship london bees if you haven't seen it is probably my favorite there it's got a honeycomb pattern down the middle which um brings together the hive their stadium as well into the design as being known as the london bees of course uh where barnet play as well of course it's a it's a really nice kit that one as well so take a look at that one then in the podcast we next moved on to talking about the departures which is a tough topic to talk about, really, because we've lost 10 first-team players over the summer. And on the on the original recording, I think I missed out Ethan Mannion, which was a bit of a mistake by me. But apologies, it's been a while since we did the podcast, so mistakes do happen. So I'm going to go over them all now. Uh, we lost two players to Manchester City in the summer transfer window. Ellen White left to join them early on the season. She's obviously a big miss. She's one one of our top scorers last season and the, obviously the top scorer of the season beforehand. Injuries have hampered her time at Blues and they appear to be hampering her at Man City. She's out for a while with an injury again, a knee injury. Hopefully not too serious, but she just can't seem to catch a break at the moment, which is unfortunate for her. The other one to leave for Manchester City happened just recently. That was Aoife Mannion who went there. She was a player that I was very... Uh, fond of as a footballer she's very talented she's clearly quality she's clearly good enough to England as she's been called up recently for the squad she didn't play against Belgium yesterday but hopefully she plays against Norway on Tuesday 
Um, yeah, it's just it's just sad to lose her. Really, she's prop. She was someone I thought would be a future Birmingham captain if she stayed on. She's someone who's from the area, from born around Solihull. So to see her go, I can understand it, and I think Kaz and Chris both understood it as well. She wants to play Champions League football, which she ha- she we missed out again this year to play it. So another big miss. Uh, next on was the two players who went to Bristol City. That was Charlie Wellings and Megan Sargent. Both very good players in their own right. Charlie, an up-and-coming striker, and Meg Sargent was the uh, centre-back partner with Aoife Mannion or Keris Harrop, depending on who played in the back line for Birmingham last season. She could also play on the right side of the fence as well. Charlie, a good striker who's learnt a lot under uh, Ellen White during her time at the club, and she's been coming through the youth ranks herself. So it's sad to see both of those go, but Bristol even will have a good team this season with those two in the starting lineup. Uh, the next one to leave was Lucy Quinn, who went to Spurs. Lucy Quinn is a player who I don't think got the recognition she possibly deserved. She didn't get the game time, certainly. She was more used as a substitute than anything else. So you can understand the move, really, for her to go to Spurs. She just wants game time. She's started well. She scored a few goals in pre-season, I believe. So she looks like a good signing for Spurs this season. Uh, then we've got, of course, Paige Williams, who is yet to be named to have joined any club, but we expect her to join a club by the time the transfer window closes. I think that's next week. She's a very good left-back. She's someone who has passion for the game. She's got someone who's quick on the wing. She can play on the left. She could play on the wing if she wanted to, I guess. She's someone who embraced Blues when she came here. It was like a second home for her. She helped out with the youth teams as well. She's a very big fan. Uh, had loads of fans at, at the club. She's a very, very likable person. And Kaz was uh, getting a bit emotional when we revealed that uh, when we talked about her departure uh, on this week's podcast. So, yeah, it's someone who will be missed by a lot of fans, no doubt, Paige. And hopefully she does well wherever she goes. And then the final ones, the big... Uh, oh no, Hayley Ladd, of course, as well. We've, we'll go over Hayley Ladd before we go over the other ones. Hayley Ladd went to Manchester United. Hayley Ladd was Chris's, probably his favourite player last year. She's that sort of a defensive midfielder who can break at play but also start the attacks. She was very good. She can take set pieces. She's someone who is a leader. She was a leader at Bristol City, captain there, before she went to Blues. She's someone who's going to be uh, relied on a lot this year to keep that Manchester United backline in order. And she's no doubt a very good signing for them and a big loss for us. And then finally, in terms of first teamers that have left this summer, we've got the three players who have joined Aston Villa in the Women's Championship. Shania Hales, someone who's an up-and-coming forward, very quick. Someone who scored a few goals in the early on in this season. She scored a winner against London City Lionesses last week for Villa. She's a big miss. Kaz was surprised that she went, given that she might have had more opportunities this season. But she's obviously doing well in Villa. And Villa, if they get promoted, we'll see them again next season. Uh, Another one that's left, Marissa Ewers. She took on a part-time staff role there as well as playing for Aston Villa. So you can kind of understand that she's trying to transition as she gets to the further end of her career to try and um, get another job when she retires from football. Marissa was part of a midfield duo between her and Hayley Ladd that I thought was superb before she got injured. So Marissa Hughes is going to be a big miss for us. She's a very good midfielder. She scored uh, crucial goals in FA Cup games as well during her time at the club. And the final one is Emma Follis. For those who don't know about Emma Follis's contract status, uh, she was uh, she signed a contract previously with Blues and then the club uh, had a 
clause in the contract that let her extend the contract for another year. So they did that at the start of this season. And then a bid came in from Villa, a good substantial bid, believed to be around the region of £60,000, the same fee that Fran Kirby was bought for from Reading by Chelsea. So you can see how uh, much Villa wanted her, clearly. So Villa came in, bought Emma, and she's gone back to the club which she supports herself, Aston Villa. As you can see, she's plastered on all of their social media at the moment now because she's proud to be representing the club she uh, grew up supporting, which is fair enough, really. There's no doubt that Emma became a better player um, once she recovered from her injuries in the last season. She started scoring goals for us, including goals against the champions Arsenal. So Emma Follis is a is a player that I think she's getting back to the potential she showed before she got injured. So Villa, another great signing for Villa this season and they're going to be stronger because of it. As for other departures this summer, we've also lost Georgia Popple, who's a defender. She was the former academy captain at Birmingham City. She's joined Leicester City in the Women's Championship. Uh, Neve Fallon, she's joined West Brom. She's another defender. And Sophie Bramford is a midfielder who has joined Wolves. Now on to the arrivals then. And at the club, we have 16 current first-team players. Uh, I've been told by some sources that we're going to release some more names before the transfer window closes. I don't know if those deals have been put through yet, but we believe to be more players coming in. But these are the ones currently who have signed with the club as of time of recording, which is on the 30th of August on Friday. So... Claudia Walker was the first one to come through the doors. She signed a permanent deal after being on a loan spell with the club last season. She made nine appearances but didn't score a goal, but seems to be played more on the wing last season, so maybe she gets a more central role this season to get more chance of scoring goals. I believe her best spell with Everton was during the Spring Series two years ago. I think she got a goal a game in eight, eight appearances, so I think it's about seven goals in eight games. So she's capable of scoring, she just needs to get in the right position and get the right service, so... The next one is Abby Grant. She is a Scottish international. She's friends with Chloe uh, Arthur since they were both younger, so hopefully they can link up again this season. She played for Belgian champions Anderlecht last season. She's also scored for Glasgow City in the Champions League. She also, during her time with Glasgow, won the Scottish title four times and the Scottish Cup two times. So again, she's a, a player who is known for winning... So a, a born winner, we, is that someone, that's definitely someone we want at this club, someone who can push us forward to the next level, try and get us goals this season. Uh, the next one was Brianna Vasali from West Ham United. She's an American midfielder. She played 29 appearances for West Ham last season and she's just 24, so she's got plenty of time to grow further as a player. Earlier this year, Brianna Vasali was a guest on the Free for Free podcast to talk about her career so far. Here are just a few clips from that show to give you a little insight into how she got to where she is today. I shall leave a link to the full interview in our show notes so you can listen to it after you finish listening to ours, of course. A lot of players fall through the cracks that are so, so talented, but like cannot handle the mental side of the game. It's easily overlooked because everyone wants to look at your numbers, your stats, and say, oh, she's projected to go this round. But at the end of the day, that doesn't mean diddly squat. I can't easily outsmart a player because I'm not the largest or tallest, I should say, or you know what I mean? I'm not the typical American athlete, but like, yeah, <laughs> there's players just like me in this league, if that makes any sense. So thinking speed and speed of play, all of that becomes so important. And that's, in my opinion, decision making. 
while I, I say I don't want to be motivated by, you know, let me prove the haters wrong. Like <laughs> it definitely, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it definitely was something that pissed me off. Like I was like, how dare you put a label on me and tell me what I can or can't do. You know what I mean? It's like, who are you? So to be honest, I am one of those weird kids. Like if you were to ask my parents, like I would spend, I'd come home, I'd go to the gym with them at 5 a.m. And I would do some sort of workout with them. And this is in like, it started in junior high because my parents got a gym membership and it was kind of like when they went, they had to bring me, but I would work out with them. So started at like a really young age of going to the gym. So 5 a.m. usually in, in high school, I would start going to the gym and then have school and then go to practice, come home, still want to be playing. So I ended up, I used to juggle the ball around the block I know it sounds weird, but like I would make sure the ball didn't drop and I would walk and juggle. And then if I couldn't do that one night, I would smash the ball into the curb and then like try to pass and receive and turn. And then I would be in the, you know, garage working on footwork when there was no lights outside. And I was, I was just a weird kid, like completely unusual. Not like, I don't know. I just was always wanting to play and wanting more. I think the best way to describe it is like, like an intense hunger for something, you really got to want it. And actually, that's a lesson that I learned even uh, after I finished my college career and I was, you know, working on my professional career is, you know, you're going to get told no so many times that you're going to have a day where you break down and you're like, am I actually supposed to be doing this with my life? Like, (laughs) it's not like an easy walk in the park. And if you can't believe in yourself and fully like grasp that you can do it and you know you're supposed to be there slash your passion outweighs the pain that you're going through unfortunately it's not meant for many I mean it's like what one percent of the population are professional athletes and it's you know it's not like every single kid's gonna make it that far if that makes any sense it's just not for everyone once again, then, that was from the Free for Free podcast by John Pradjic. I will leave a link in the description below to that podcast so you can listen to the full interview. It was a very, very interesting interview to listen to. I listened to the whole of it. I think it's about an hour long. Check out John's work and look forward to seeing Brianna play for Blues this season. Next up is Rebecca Holloway. She is a midfielder from Nashville Rhythm in the second division in America. It's not uh, linked to the Nash- uh, NWSL, but it is a strong level nonetheless. She is a Northern Irish. Yeah. She is a Northern Irish international. She's a versatile player who can play in midfield and defence. She is very creative based on the highlights we saw. If you look at Rebecca Holloway on uh, YouTube, you can see a brief highlight clip of her and she's very, very good. She can score goals for fun. She's very good at creating space, playing the right pass at the right time. So as a 23 years old, she's got room to grow as a player. In There's rumours that she might be playing at centre-back for the club, but I feel like that might be a waste. But then... If we consider Aoife Mannion last season, that creative player who can play out of the back, a bit like David Luiz, if if Rebecca Holloway can provide that for the club, maybe that's what uh, Marta wants from her. We'll we'll see when we get to see them in the first game against Everton uh, next week or so. The next player to come in then is Lucy Whip, someone who's relatively unknown to most of us. She was signed from 
American University side St. John's. She's previously played with Rachel Daly at that same university in America. She's previously played for Everton also in the Women's Super League. She's 23 years old. She's a striker or someone can play on the wing. Uh, I believe that Everton fans, uh, Julie Mackin, I think she's head of the Supporters Club. I might be wrong. I'm trying to do this off memory myself. Uh, she said she's a very good player and someone who's no doubt improved since her time in the college game. So and a relatively unknown for some in the Women's Super League nowadays, but uh, hopefully she'll provide some uh, good talent for us and hopefully she'll do well this season. And the final signing uh, from another club this summer was... Adrian Jordan, she's signed from uh, Syrah side in Italy, Atalanta. She's also played in Sweden, in America, and in Iceland, where she won the Icelandic Cup. She's a pacey right back. She can also play on the right side of midfield. She has a lot of pace. I saw, I've seen a video of her, and she reminds me a lot of like, uh, not 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 in the sense of maybe Arj and Robin, which is she, who previously played for her favourite club, Bayern Munich, but. Um, very quick, like Lucy Bronze, she is very quick once she gets going. And Jordan, if we can utilise her pace, she might be very dangerous this season on the, other, on the other wing with Harriet Scott on the left wing. So she'll be an interesting one to watch this season for sure. Then in the podcast, we went on to talk about the stadium improvements. For those unaware, uh, Damson Park has been renovated. The new the main stand was took down and then put, they've put a new one up and it looks quite nice. You'll be able to see it in our first home game when we play Everton on the, I think it's the 8th of September. Let's quickly have a look. Yeah, the 8th of September. Uh, yep, 8th of September. So we'll see that. It was opened by Blues legend Kaz Carney, who cut the ribbon last weekend. And she's obviously been in the news in the summer for retiring. She's someone who got me into supporting Blues as a fan early on in 2012. I saw her in the lead up to the FA Cup. She just just um just capture my imagination really in the same way i'm i'm a chelsea fan in the men's game and jim franco zola was the player who got me to end up supporting chelsea kaz had all the talent that jim franco zola had in the women's game she was a magician on the ball she was be able to great set pieces great passes great goals she was a leader for the club she was a local girl who came up through blues did well was at arsenal she was at chelsea she's won things everywhere she's gone and she helped us win the only major trophy that we did at blues in 2012 that win in the fa cup final at ashton gate and it it just just goes to testament she's done so well both for club and country for england as well and she's retired at an age she could have played another few years if she wanted to but she wants to go out on top so Fair play to her, and she's been a great um, great player for us and every club that she's played for, and she's very well liked as a player. She's moving into punditry now, and she'll no doubt do really well in that as well. Now, going on to your questions, which were submitted before last week's podcast, just in case you didn't hear uh, us answering the questions because of the audio quality, I'm going to go through them all again. And for, of course, for the audio listeners who missed that show as well. So the first question came from Nick, and that was the centre-back situation. As of yet, we don't know about the centre-backs, if anyone's been signed for that position. But Rebecca Holloway has been suggested she's played there in pre-season in centre-back position. So perhaps she's going to play there with Keris Harrop, with Harriet Scott on one wing, and Adrian Jordan on the other wing in the defence, like as a four, back, back, back four. Uh, the next question is from 
Nick as well, which is Lucy Stan, is she now committed for the season? Uh, for those unaware that Lucy Stan put a transfer request in after she got back from the World Cup, hoping to get a move away, I don't know where to. But the club, as of yet, I don't think have accepted that. So she's looked like she's going to be playing here next season. She came back to training recently. So it appears for all intents and purposes that she's going to be at the club this season. And she's the sort of person I believe will give 100% if she's picked every week. So hopefully she gets knuckled down now and commits to the rest of the season with Blues. The third question here is from Emma Meredith Stone of the MCW Fancast, which, for those unaware, is the Man City fan, uh, the equivalent of us, the Man City version of our podcast, basically. So, if you want to listen to them, listen to their show. Her question is: Do you believe in Marta and the club's vision, or do you feel that more time is required? I think it's too early to judge Marta. She's this is her first full preseason that she's had with the team. She's lost ten first team players. And she's finally getting her team the way she wants it. Uh, she mentioned that she was more like letting the team play as they wanted to last season. And now she's going to stamp her authority and play the way she wants to play this season. Because then, because all eyes, eyes are on her, basically. Every, all the, the book stops with her, really, this season. So hopefully this season she'll be able to prove if she's capable of this play, uh, managing at this level. And hopefully she does well. Uh, another question from Emma. Are you worried about the impact that the turbulent season, or the summer rather, will have on the start of the season? Uh, I, I, to be honest, at the start of the summer when I saw all the players leaving, I was worried about this season. But uh, from the reports that I've got from the friendlies, we struggled to beat Durham early on in the summer. But then we've won games against the likes of Bristol City since then. And Bristol City have taken some of our better players. So I think with the players that have come in, I think... Marta has turned them into a team capable of winning and from what we've heard they really want to play for Marta this season so hopefully we start the season well considering the circumstances we were under. Hopefully better than Liverpool did when they lost so many players and they obviously lost their manager after a game as well early on in that season. I think that was last year wasn't it? So next question then it is from Sean. What is your opinion of the Blues fans who travel to watch former players play for other clubs? I think this was... uh, Pointed towards Chris, but I'll answer it since he's not here for this recording. I, I have no problem with it, really. If if Blues are away and you can't make it to away games and there's local clubs, for, for instance, Aston Villa are around and you want to see Marissa Ewers, Shania Hales or Emma Follis play, do what you like. It's, it's, your, it's, your, it's your weekend. You've got your free time. You can do whatever you like. The next question is, where do you think we will finish? That's from Luke. Uh, I believe Kaz said we'd finish about 6th, I think. Uh, Chris was around that sort of area, 6th or 7th, and I predicted about 8th. I think Liverpool is a good one to look at. They Last season they had so much uh, upheaval after, with the manager leaving and the players leaving, and they still managed to finish in 8th position. So I think 8th is a good position. If we finish 8th or above, then we've had a good season, really, considering the restraints that we've had with loads of players leaving. I think we'll be comfortably away from the relegation zone. I didn't think that at the start of the summer, so uh, I'm more positive now. So hopefully with recent results and recent form, we can push into the season with a good start against Everton. Uh, Then we had the predictions. I'll quickly bring up the predictions that we had. I think most of you have seen them on Twitter now. Kaz, for her benefit, she chose more than one player. uh, uh, More than one player and more than one team for some of these answers, which is... A bit, a bit, a bit, a bit of cheating, but nonetheless, we'll go through them now. 
Uh, we went for the champions. I've gone for Chelsea this season. Kaz has gone for Arsenal or Man City. And Chris has gone for Chelsea. For runners-up, I've gone for Arsenal. Kaz has gone for Reading. So Arsenal or Man City is going to win the league. And then they're just get, the other one's going to rock it down the league, basically, for Kaz. Uh, Chris has also gone for Arsenal for runners-up. For the Golden Boot, we've, I've gone for Beth England of Chelsea. Uh, Kaz has gone for Beth England of Chelsea or Beth Mead of Arsenal. And Chris has gone for Beth England of Chelsea or Viv Miedemar from Arsenal. Golden Glove, I've gone for Anne Katrin Berger. So has Chris. And Kaz has gone for our very own Hannah Hampton for most clean sheets this season. Relegated side, I've gone for Brighton, as has Chris. And Kaz has gone for Everton. Blues top scorer, I've gone for Rachel Williams. Kaz has gone for Claudia Walker or Lucy Staniforth, and Chris has gone for Rachel Williams as well. And breakout star, I, I've agreed with Kaz on this, and we've both gone for Connie Schofield. We both think she's going to have a great season this year. And Chris has gone for Brie Vasali. So they are our predictions for this season. That's all for this week's show. Well, our second show, I should say, because this is a recap of what we did talk about. But I apologise again for the sound quality last se- uh, for the last show. Hopefully we've sorted it out for next week. We believe it was a head, head uh, headphone issue. Those two weren't wearing headphones, so I think the sound bleeded into their uh, Skype recording. So hopefully we've solved that for next week. Uh, as for me, thank you for listening. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow Chris at A-W-C-A-I-B on Twitter. Kaz is team underscore Schroeder. I'm Craig Hadley. And you can follow the show at since 68 So f- remember to keep right on.